All right, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a, a brand new edition of Word Bros. Um, we just wrapped up the Kickstarter. Hopefully, we funded. <laughs> Hopefully, we funded because uh, this episode will be out bef- before, before we know the, before we know the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But there's no time to waste. Uh, we have a very great guest today, Kevin. You actually met him live uh, and direct in Raleigh, North Carolina. I- I did, and I thought Victor was an amazing person, and we talked about having him on the show because he's making books, and he's doing things and creating content, and teaching people how to make comics. He's doing all kinds of great stuff. I had no idea. I just thought he was a reviewer, like, because my introduction to him was as a comic reviewer because he he reviewed Metal Shark, bro, and Kevin's like, no, he writes, he does this, he does that. It's like, cool, let's have him on. So we're having Victor Dandridge Jr. on today. He is the mastermind, the brain... uh, I guess the brain operations manager, super dude behind Vantage in-house productions, uh, overall great guy, really knowledgeable, really fun guy. Um, so, so yeah, man, give it a listen. It's going to be fun. Let's get to causing trouble and making comics. Yeah, buddy. So what's up, Victor? What's up, Victor? What's going on, guys? <laughs> How are you? Oh, my gosh. Kicking butt, taking names. That's about it. Very good. Very good. Now, you, Victor, you are a, you're a reviewer and you are also a writer, correct? Yes. Yes. Writer, uh, self-publisher. <clears throat> I've been on a full-time self-published grind for the last nine years. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, why, uh, have you, why have you been doing this to yourself for that long as much? Because I love it, man. Come on, you know. Like, I, I got to that point where I couldn't not do it, you know. <laughs> when you wake up and you're like, you know what I could be doing right now? I could be making some comics. I want to do that. So you, I mean, that's been, every day. You've right? been self-publishing for nine years. I mean, we're... Nine years, man. We're no better. Uh, Kevin, what, you first self-published Oathbound in 2014 or 15. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Late 2013, early 14, something like that. My first book, my first self-published book came out in, what, 2010? So okay. it's just, you know what it is, dude. You know what it is. Absolutely. So, so you've been doing this. Yeah, dude. I mean, so you get it. You understand the grind. Now, you are strictly a writer, correct? I have a background in art, but I hate drawing. Okay. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm at that place now where I'm like, you know what? I would much rather pay other people to bring this to life rather than me draw it because I just don't have the love for drawing anymore. Now, how, how did, like, is that because, like, the, 
uh, the skill didn't match the ambition or just no, – Yeah, it definitely didn't. Uh, <laughs> but, like, okay, so, I mean, because I'll still tinker from time to time. Um, so, like, I'm working on a commission for someone. I don't know if you guys can see this very well. But, like – right, I see. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. I can draw. I just don't like doing it. Like, okay. I, I really – despise doing well, well you, you didn't enjoy it well hang on but you didn't say this to the person that wanted to buy a commission from you because that would be oh no no no! they know they absolutely because i tell anybody that tries to buy commissions i'm like are you sure and they're like yeah and i'm like ah i really don't i don't want to you know so it, it's 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 a funny gag um yeah for years people only knew me as a writer and only like within the last like two or three years at smaller shows i would do commissions and people are like wait, you can draw? I was like, shh, don't tell nobody. Come on. I'll give you a discount if you don't tell nobody. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, quiet, so you, quiet, quiet. Hush. So you're out of Columbus, Ohio, yes? Yes, born and raised, baby. I know you're in Cincy. I'm in Cincinnati, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Columbus is a cool town, man. They got a really great, really great comics vibe there. Like, I really dig Columbus. Yes, we do. It's, a, it's interesting in the way that, like, it's not necessarily – geared towards the mainstream oriented stuff mm -hmm. um it's very alternative underground friendly but not necessarily mainstream friendly even though we've got like some heavy hitters here like daryl banks is here chris Sprouse is here dan leister's here uh we've had a uh, sean uh, mckeever he's lived here for a while karan grant lived here for a while so like we've got big name guys that have touched mainstream books it's just not the thing that seems to resonate the most with the city. Well, you guys have one of my favorite shows. I've never exhibited there, but I've gone there is the, uh, what, the Comics Crossroads show. Yes, yes. I, Comics I, Crossroads Columbus. This is an yeah, amazing show. Like, Columbus. it's the most artsy program you've ever been to. Like, it's crazy. The first year I went, Arch Spiegelman was there. Yeah, and I yeah, got, yeah. And, I, and I, got to <laughs> I got to listen to him talk for two hours, and it was the best thing in the whole wide world. Him and his wife, um, whose name escapes me, um, what's her name? And they were talking about, like, dragging a printing press up to their yes. ninth floor apartment to make comics, and this is when printing presses were giant metal machines. <laughs> it was... They made that I, work, baby. Dude, I left <laughs> that talk, and I was so fired up. Like, that, it was amazing to listen to. Dude, I love it. I have a, a love-hate relationship with CXC, um, and this is... This, I'm, I'm spilling tea. This is, this is me. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, it's goodness right. here. Uh, there is a sister event called SoulCon, and it it was literally launched the same year and it happened to fall on the same weekend and it's in association with the ohio state university and it's a, a showcase for black and latino creators okay and mm -hmm. rather than have these two events like clash they tried to do like a sister event sort of thing like this is oh it's another part of it they've been going on for the exact same amount of time have you ever heard of SoulCon? no uh, yes you have okay okay kevin's heard of it but see like bob that's my thing is like there's so many people that know about cxc that don't know about SoulCon, and it's really in the presentation that like cxc is really kind of overshadowed and not really lended the right helping hand mm -hmm. to SoulCon. so it's kind of like become this beast of a thing and mind you like they they do bring in some crazy great talent. Like uh, they had Bendis last year. Yeah. Um, uh, this year they've got uh, Mike Mignola coming. Uh, Dab. Yeah. Like it's it's some hitters, man. It's some definite hitters. But at the same time, it's something where 
you know, this, this other institution, this, you know, showcase for black and Latino creators gets overshadowed immensely, even though it's supposed to be a conjoined effort to celebrate comics across the board. So that doesn't really happen. So I've joined in with SoulCon for this year and I'm telling y'all right now, I'm making it a party. We are about to put a mark down for SoulCon in a way that CXC is going to be so mad that they have not included us as well as they should have. So I'm giving warning to everybody right now. I am causing trouble. I am absolutely coming in. I'm kicking in doors and we are going to make SoulCon the event that All week. Right. Right. Yeah, that's nice. Now, 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 Victor Dandridge is going around fucking causing trouble. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. He's that's starting the NWO of comics. That's what he's that's doing. That's awesome. Right. Now, you know what now, Wolfpack, baby. What? Let's go. <laughs> Throw about, now, now, since you're talking about SoulCon, like, who are some of the guests you guys are having? Because you mentioned the heavy hitters that are going to be at I know, right? Comics Crossroads. Who are you guys having? You know what I'm all saying? Right, so, so let's hear that. Here's the, here's the thing. I actually don't have the list. I don't know who else coming. <laughs> In years past, who we've had, uh, we've had John Jennings and Stacey Robinson, uh, both heavy uh, on the Black Kirby art exhibit market. We've had David Walker. He was there last year. Ooh, uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Tony Poirier, uh, he'll be there, or he was there last year. Um, we are borrowing some people from uh, CXC. So uh, Ezra is coming through. Uh, what's Ezra's full name? It's like Ezra Clayton. I never remember Ezra's full name. He's got like three names. I always want to tease him. Like that's serial killer <laughs> stuff. Um, Oshi Anderson is coming uh, to, to do a presentation this year. I know that. But otherwise, I have no idea exactly who's going to be there. I know we've had uh, Jibba Anderson out of Chicago. Um, we've had like a lot of different people from the West Coast come through. Um, just various different things, man. That's cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool. But again, want to bring a little bit more noise, a little bit more shout out. I got to give some love to the local guys, uh, Yuko Smith and uh, Jam Hunter. They're local guys that are taking part in a big bad way. That's and I'm gonna cool. bring in some of my guys. So like Ren McKenzie, Mike Watson. I'm gonna make sure that they're in the building. And we're going to have all kinds of fun. It's going to be you ridiculous. Should, you should talk to the Iron Circus uh, lady. Oh, God. I would love Spike to come She's through. She's wonderful. Oh like yes. she, she is like the gorilla marketer. Yes. Like, I am fucking yes. up your business. She's amazing. Like, I follow her on Twitter. And, like, I take the things she says to, like, heart. Because she is... 100%. She is one of the people who has been self-publishing comics now for, what, five, 10 years and she oh, crushes it and she makes Listen. so much loot and she makes so much headway and she doesn't even need anybody else. I keep it's, a copy of Smut Puddler, Peddler there you by go. my desk on the reg. Just yeah. Cause, and she's that example. Like she's that person that go, anytime you hear somebody making comics, go, I want to do it independently. She's the yes. one, like she's yes. the person you need to seek out and, and talk to and, and admire from afar. Sit like the foot of the master and find yeah. out. She just be crushing it, dude. It's wonderful. Absolutely. Now, like, so you have, so do you have any plans? Like, do you have any desire to work at a bigger company or you, do you just want to do it all on your own? Actually, no, I absolutely do. And, and Kevin was kind of there when uh, an inroad was kind of made. Uh, when we were at uh, uh, GalaxyCon Raleigh, I had the great fortune of, of hosting a few panels. Uh, one of the latter ones uh, was the Into the Spider-Verse one. So Dan Slott was on it. Uh, Jim Toe was on it. Uh, a lot of cool people like that. And then Christopher Priest was in the audience. And I had worked with him on a, a panel previously. And one of my last questions was kind of like, hey, you know, I'm a self-publisher on the indie market, but we'll want to come up. 
what would you suggest to anyone else that's like me in the audience as you know a recommendation or a piece of advice and uh priest came up to me afterwards and was like hey if you do you really want to work for the you know mainstream guys and I was like well yes but with a caveat and he's like what do you mean I was like I want to work for them to give some more clout to my name so that my stuff moves a little better you know yes. my my, yes. my self-published works the dream right right yes. you know and so he's like yes okay and so uh he it was so great he invited me to to dinner with Howard Chaikin and uh, I had already talked to Howard a couple days before and Howard had invited me. And so I was like, I'm going to that dinner. And he's like, well, then we're going to talk. So uh, Priest has offered to, uh, you know, give me a boost, help me out, look at my stuff, see what I need to do, meet the right people. And uh, yeah, so I have every intention of moving into the big leagues with the sole intent that it will help move my stuff. Okay. Because they are, you know, going to move me even further. But I mean, I've got... I've got a ton of friends in the industry that I've met over the years. Um, Priest is a, is a huge one. Uh, one of my biggest like inspirations, my mentor, uh, and I idolize him to this day is Mark Miller. And he's been gracious with his friendship to me um, in a big, big bad way. Like the dude is awesome. So yeah, like definitely let me move up, but only to move my, my little, my little cluster of books here. I want to move all of this. Well, tell us about tell us about your cluster about of your books, books then. Yes, <laughs> and, and and your and your comic book origin story. Of course, since you're talking oh, about the big leagues, where you everybody's got a good comic book origin story, don't they? Yes, yes. So, what, what is <laughs> um, what is Victor Dandridge's comic origin story? Was right. it a laboratory? This is, I mean, I have probably the most comic booky comic book origin story of all time. All right, so yes. here's how it goes. When I was a kid, I hated reading. Right, like books were evil; they were of the devil gross like you couldn't pay me to read <laughs> but i was all about pop culture right so like 80s movies like my jamma lama lamb so they announced like i was like 10 years old they announced that superman is gonna die and i'm like how how do you kill superman this is a series i want to read i want to read this and my mom overheard me say this she comes like stomping out of the kitchen when i said what what did you say what is that and i'm like oh my god did i cuss what did i, I wanna, <laughs> yeah yeah no, 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 i want to read that and she was all about me reading by any means necessary. So like literally the next day she comes home with a stack of comics, slams them down. is like, read these. And from that moment, man, like the needle was in the arm. I was hooked. Like it was, awesome. it was there. Um, and then, so like with that, I got a very, yeah, got you. Um, <laughs> so then we got into, um, my Uncle Mark really trying to be like a mentor to me and wanting to, to push and encourage me on the art side. And it was fantastic. I mean, we had like a great like year of him pushing and promoting me doing art. And then he became a victim of violent crime. Oh, no. There were three, you know, teens uh, that jumped him for no reason. And my uncle was a Marine and like he fought him off for a while and then just kind of stopped and he ended up getting killed. Holy and shit. I know, right? Like, it's my Uncle Ben Batman moment because, like, at, like, almost 11 years old, I'm making a vow by candlelight that I'm going to make something of myself in the comic book industry because this was something that brought us together. And so that's been my guiding light since I was 11. And, you know, 26 years later, here I am. Wow. That's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's way better than I saw Batman. <laughs> and I wanted to do that. That's amazing. Wow, man. So... Wow, that's I'm actually kind of for once in my life a little bit uh, tongue-tied after hearing something like that. That's a very that's a very emotional story, and my internet goes out again. Stuff, but you know, I like to to keep it honest with people and get into the trenches, say what it is. Yeah, dude, that's that's 
that's heavy, man. That's that. So like, so do your like, so, so the books that I'm looking at here on your comiXology page, you, yes. you go from uh, all ages books to yeah, you, you run the gauntlet of stuff, which is cool. Absolutely. I respect that. So, yeah, so, so, so tell me, how did you, what, what do you have the most fun writing? Like, what do you have the most fun doing? Oh my God. Um, to say the most fun, it's always, it's always like a cool challenge to switch gears. Um, I don't know that I would put one above the other on any regular sense. Um, but okay. So we'll start, we'll start at the all ages one. Um, Care presents the kindergartens is my all ages title and it's Muppet babies meets the justice league. And ironically, it's one of the later series that I did. It's not how I started. And the whole reason why I did it, it, this is not even a joke. I have a program that I do called You Create Comics, and it's all about bringing comic books into the classroom to help kids that were just like me that hated to read or hated traditional school, but to bring in something fun, pop cultural, um, and still kind of, you know, accent regular education, but using comics. So I'm pitching this almost at the same time that I launched my imprint, and all these different people are like, oh, that's awesome, you make comics, well, what books do you have? And all of my books were not kid-friendly. And so imagine trying to get into schools as a comic book creator. And for like three years, I'm trying to tell them I'm a comic creator, but I can't show the kids <laughs> my work because it doesn't fit the, the age group. Mm -hmm. So uh, luckily I was able to partner up with Justin Castaneda. Um, he's out of Chicago. Dude is a beast, an absolute beast. Um, and, and we've co-created this series um, to, I mean, stellar, stellar reception, man. We've gotten uh, a couple of, of rewards, awards, I should say. Uh, in 2014, I think we won uh, Indie Comic of the Year uh, nice. through nice. A, a podcast. Um, Space, uh, Small Press and Alternative Comics Expo is one of the big uh, indie con conventions here in Columbus. Um, we won the, what was it, 2015 Space Prize for Web Comics because we launched a, a web series uh, off of this. So, yeah, like kindergartens, man, it's it's my heart. And uh, it's actually probably caused the most trouble as well. Um, I've actually had two offers to buy the name kindergartens. And the first one actually happened like right before, like literally a month or so before. Um, uh, what's the Borat guy? Sasha Baron Cohen? Yes. He did that show on Showtime. And they used kindergartens as the name of one of his skits. Huh. And like literally somebody like tried to buy it from me. They, they were lowballing though. I was like, nah, nah, you got to come up with some change for that. And uh, they came up with it, but it still hasn't hurt my sales. So I'm like, I'm not going to sweat it or nothing like that. But uh, you got yeah, to break so, that Borat money out, baby. I said, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, let me, let me take some of that showtime, son. Yeah, dude, that's, that's impressive. Because <laughs> uh, Kevin and I have, we ventured into the all ages world and writing all, writing all ages comics is fun, man, because you know that you are, creating that bridge for yes with literacy or just comics in general like there's just something that still washes over me uh very emotional when a parent tells me oh this is the first book i my kid will ever read or and it's like wow that, that really means a lot because again like you're building that bridge to hopefully exactly. a fair for 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 life for reading and for creating yeah. for creative thought you know and as parents, it's nice too because, like, your kids are going to tell other kids that your their dad or mom makes comics. Um, and exactly. in our respective case, it's their dad. So um, when when he goes to class, my my son will tell kids that, and they're like, "Yeah, he says you make comics." And I was like, "Yeah, but they're not for kids, so I can't really show." You. <laughs> <laughs> we can't show you, but yes, I do. Yes, I do, but but uh, you can't. They're not for you. You're right. you're ten. 
you, you have to be at least like 14 all right like, <laughs> most of it's pg-13 but like i don't want your parents to yell at me for exactly sure. exactly some, some bloody um sexually <laughs> themed nonsense that you well, would yeah you know, so and 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 we didn't do that so they can get that anywhere they can get bloody sexually themed nonsense anywhere but at least they're exactly. reading at least they're reading at least they're reading. Oh, I like how you twist that one. That's a good one. That's a good spin. <laughs> at least they're, at least they're, um, that's what I tell from myself. From there, we move up. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Because that's what I tell myself if I'm reading, like I was reading, the Conan, I was reading the Conan book that you were raving about. Yes. And my daughter was reading. It's great. It's wonderful. It's good. Like, my eight-year-old daughter is reading it over my shoulder. And she's like, don't turn the page yet. I'm like, okay. But she's eight. You're like, all right. Yeah. Dig it. You gotta learn, man. Yeah. It's Conan though. Like that's not even that's not even your fault, man. That's that's it's Conan. Not. Like that's yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> um, it speaks to all generations. Friendly with uh, Origins Unknown, and Origins Unknown was actually like an idea that I had. Um, I I remember pitching it, loose ball pitching it, of um, like in two thousand four. Yeah, that's me. Like I'm I'm all for the old school stuff, man. Like it's it's the things that started us it's the things that brought us in so you know if i can tap that mm-hmm. come back to it i wanna you know um but this one is like six short stories each one ends in a cliffhanger where the main character finds out a hidden secret or discovers a strange heritage that they didn't know anything about it's going to change their fate and possibly the fate of the world and i use this one like if you've never read any of my stuff read this book it's a it's like a sampling you get a lot of different feels a lot of different vibes different characters so you can see if you like what i do you know, mm-hmm. that's the, the best way to do it. Um, and so I, I love it. I did it with Jacob Newell. Um, he's out of Lima, Ohio. We actually met. He was a part of a studio uh, in Dayton. And I kind of stole him from the studio. I'm not gonna lie. Like I did. Like, they weren't. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, the studio doesn't exist anymore. So I kind of I don't want to say a name. If well, we if they don't yeah. exist anymore, you did him a favor. We're, I mean, listen, I all I know is that through this project, we've probably produced more um, in a very short amount of time than he did for the entire time that he was associated with this. Yeah. So this, if anything, you, know, you saved him off this sinking ship, man. Like you, you know, I was just trying to help. You threw him a life raft, man. You helped that guy out. Right. Or so we, you know, I was I was starting to I was starting trouble back then. <laughs> yeah, however you want to look. So so we gotta we gotta entitle this episode Victor Dandridge, comic maker, troublemaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All for it. All for that. Yes. Um, <laughs> really want to get into the trouble? Okay, I got some trouble for you. Okay. Uh, this series called "The Trouble with Love," right? Oh, okay. Uh, it's a one nice shot. Segue. Nice. Dude, you Thank you. Right. This that. Writers in the room. I mean, um, I don't even need to be here. I can just lay down and <laughs> check the Kickstarter, baby. You got this. I try to make it easy. Um, <laughs> this one. Um, I okay. This is okay. I'm gonna paint the picture for you. So. I was working retail at American Eagle, year 2000, right? So way back when the world was still young, dinosaurs roamed the earth. Um, it was a lazy Sunday and, you know, lazy Sundays in retail, the best thing to do is to write stories in your head. And I came up with this line, the trouble with love is you can't punch it in the face. And I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a line. I didn't know what to do with it. I had nowhere to go with it. I literally sat on this story for approximately 11 years. <laughs> yeah, like, cause I, I literally didn't write the script for it till 2011, but this was, it was just that thing in the back of my head, the trouble with love is you can't punch in the face. And, at, you know, 2000, in the year 2000, I was 18, I didn't know anything, like, who, who am I? Like, I, I have nothing to say at 18 years old. And when I finally sat down to write this, 
I was a parent. Um, I, you know, I was married, like all these different things. And so what this is about is a superhero who is essentially a Superman analog, greatest hero in the world, has a wife and a kid, but then falls in love with somebody else. And it's really a focus on if, if you look at our society and the greatest of bads is infidelity and you have the greatest good guy who's done that, does that diminish his heroics? Is he no longer a good guy? Is it something that you can, you can look at and not say it's acceptable, but I understand. Can you do that? You know, what's the, what's the line here? You know, know, man, that's Um, that's some heavy shit. This is my most critically acclaimed title to date. Like, I, the, the best thing in the world that ever happened to me, I was, uh, I was at a show in Las Vegas. I won't say the company because I don't like them anymore. Um, like don't shade. They don't have a lot of shade. I know. No, forget it. I'm going to throw some stones. So I was at Wizard World Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, like 2015, and they, they sat me next to uh, Peter David, which was dope. It was mad dope. Um, it was a slow show, so we got to talk a bit. And he was, you know, signing books and he was asking for like a $5 donation to Hero Initiative. Not a problem. I had some stuff that I was getting signed for uh, Ryan, uh, who I do black, white and red all over with. And uh, I paid for it. And he was like, dude, you didn't have to do that. I was like, yes, I do. Like, you're Peter David. You're supporting, uh, you know, a great, you know, organization. I want to help support that. So he was like, well, let me do something for you. Let me read one of your books and give you some notes. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, wow. Lord, please. Nice. Thank you. So I'm looking upon my table, like, what, what is the thing? What is the, and then a, lo- a light shone from heaven. I picked that up and I passed it to him. And he literally sat there and just read it, like right then and there. Wow. And he, get, he was like, yo, this is like really good. And I was like, sir? And he's like, no, like, this is like really, really good. Like, how come you don't write for other people? And I was like, well, you know, I'm self-publishing right now. I don't really know anybody. He's like, can I have some copies of this and I'll take it with me next time I go to the Marvel offices. And I'm like throwing stacks <laughs> of books at him. Like here, here. Um, you know, and, and granted nothing specifically came of that, but it was still like a great nod for this book. Um, the thing is that the, the magic part is that this is a personal story for me. Like it's a very, very personal story. I won't give it away. I want people to read it. Um, but it, it is looking at that notion of how human do we expect our heroes or will we allow our heroes to be? You know, it's one of those things where um, it, even though it's superhero related, it's not a fights and tights sort of story. It's literally a father son story where he's explaining what happened to his son. He's like, you know, his son is like, dad, explain this to me. Why did you leave? Why did you do this? And he's like, listen, you know what? You're old enough and you're ready. I'm going to tell you. And either you'll accept it or you won't, but at least you'll know. You'll know from my end where I was when this stuff went down. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic read. Um, 27 pages. I managed to get some crazy stuff out there with 27 pages, but the true magic is Harold Edge, who uh, through the pencil, uh, he's out of New York. The, the pencil work, the line work, the storytelling that he did, man, man, I can't, I mean, whew, it gets me. It, it literally gets me. Um, I actually, this is the first series that I've actually done a sequel to uh, called Never Too Late. We actually dropped the first issue of that at C2E2 this year, and uh, it's going to be a four-parter. So literally four times uh, as long as the initial story, but um I'm being told like by some some people like this might be my best work and I'm like yet like let's not say ever though because I don't want to I don't want to cap just yet uh, I'm not ready 
Um, let's see. What's next? Oh, now we get into the big boys. I feel like I'm the watching. I, I feel like I'm watching your review, a podcast, like your review. You totally are. On YouTube because you have the, you have <laughs> the books and my stuff. You have the books it's and you new, go, oh, this one right here. Oh, this one. Oh, this is from so-and-so. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what's funny is like i literally keep a stack of uh like the trade paperbacks by my my computer when i'm writing because one is for reference you know if i want to reference something that i've already written i got to check it but it, it keeps me motivated like to see what i've already done and figuring like oh i want to have more of that it's it's so helpful that's why like literally the artwork behind me that's all artwork from books that i've worked on or that i wrote so it's it's to constantly be in that state of, hey, you are doing this. You yes, know, you are right. actually making stuff. Well, that's and a very, that's true. a very, it's a very good mindset to be in because when you're self-publishing, your successes are are so few and far between. Sometimes, like you right. can you can peak right. with something and get Peter David to tell you this is fucking fantastic, and then right. jack shit won't happen for two years. And you have God, to, you just you just spoke my whole life. Yes, I mean, my whole life. Right but here. I mean, that's and you continually kind of have to remind yourself, like, yes, I can do this. Yes, I am doing this. Yes, I am capable exactly. of doing this this level of work. But it's fucking hard. Like that grind. Right. It just it just eats away at you. And there are days where Kevin and I just have to have pep talks with one another being like, dude, we're doing this, man. It's slow, but it's going. It's slow, yes. but it's going, you know? So, Dude, add me into your rotation. I will happily join in on the pep talk talk because it's so necessary. <laughs> it is. No, I'm for real. Like that is, that is, you just hit like a, like a serious note in my heart because it's real. Like you, yes. there are those days where you're just like, I don't know, man. Is this, is, am I doing this? Am I still this guy? I don't, ah. You know, um, and yeah, most, of so, the, most of those unfortunately happen when you're running a Kickstarter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I don't have as many under my belt to 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 join in on that one, but I can understand. <laughs> I can understand. <laughs> you know, especially when you aim high and you're looking at it like we're so close and yet so far, and how what do we get fuck? this? Way? Like, <laughs> how come this didn't fund in like 76 minutes? What is this? You know, where's our lady um, death numbers? This is bullshit. Right, man. Woo! Brother, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> well, we, we thought about putting boobs on Middle Shark Pro as, as a last minute thing. It, That's what we're all, we're all failing here, Victor, because we're not, we're not making titty comics. We got to make Middle Shark Bra. Yeah. That's where, that's a variant cover. I believe I'm we were talking, I think what we were doing was, what, what do we call it? Like uh, titty, titty Shark, shark bra. Titty Shark Bra was the way we would. <laughs> He's already got the nipples. We're, we're kind of set in there. So like, yeah. why not? Why not? I mean, uh, it, it can't hurt anything. Yeah. No, no. Just yes. a little, you know, injection of some silicone, whatever. Bang. <laughs> Draw him like one of your French girls, Walter. Just <laughs> um, Tell but, us about this uh, one. Yes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Enough Wait, of so, Let's get back to the presentation. Spirit <laughs> <laughs> was the first series that I launched uh, 2011, and it's, it's Roadhouse meets unbreakable i mean um, that, that's for bobby that's my jam right? roadhouse is the best that's, yes, that's my shit see that we just became besties for yes real. <laughs> um, <laughs> i did that with my brother uh ren mckenzie and uh we went for like a really heavy uh urban tone so no color uh nine panel grids throughout the whole thing uh so very watchman-esque in that regard but with like a little inspiration from uh frank miller's 300 uh, okay, so this is this is the nerd that I am. 
So uh, Frank Miller, when he did 300, he did it in a landscape format with the specific purpose that you couldn't read more than one page at a time. Like that's why it's as big as it is uh, because he knew like with the sparse artwork, you know, you would just consume it really quickly and move on. So he, he had it printed at a point where visually speaking, it's virtually impossible for you to hold this book and not look at just one page at a time. You have to consume that whole page and then move on to the next one, which controls the readership. Um, so I, one of these things that I, you know, gleaned along the way, read it in a book somewhere. So I'm like, oh, we need to do something like that. So even within the nine panel grid, which is automatically going to slow you down, we actually have series and sequences of panels that work together to actually form one image. So you have to take the time to see which panels work together to form one image before you even move on to reading that whole thing. You got to, you know, focus upon focus upon focus. And uh, one of my favorite stories is when I told Ren that we were going to do this because each of the issues, it's a seven issue series, each issue is only eight pages. And he's like, no one's going to like fall for this. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, you <laughs> make this longer. And he's like, Victor, you're, you're on the drug. Please stop. And I'm like, no, nah, I swear. So we launched issue one, 2011. And the greatest thing in the world, one of my friends uh, to this day because of this, uh, his name is Lee Newman. First time we had ever met, he comes through, he buys the book. Three bucks for eight pages. He's a godsend. Um, <laughs> he comes back the next day, drops another three bucks to get another copy. I'm like, what's this? And he's like, I'm going to recommend your book and I want to have a copy that other people can, can borrow from me, but I still have one myself. And I'm like, if that's not the highlight of a writer's life, like, yes. I don't know what is. Yes. Um, so as I'm, you know, ringing him up and I'm signing it and Ren signing it, he starts talking about what he read. And he's like, I can't believe, uh, you know, the, the domestic violence piece that you did on page 12. It was so powerful and you only did it in one page. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what, what page did you say? And he was like, page 12. And I'm like, no, no, not page 12. <laughs> What do, you, what do you mean, page 12? He's like, no, 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 it's the middle of the book, page 12. And I look at Ren, and Ren gives me this dirty look like, don't you dare. And I'm like, when you say middle of the book, can you show me? <laughs> and he opens it up, and I'm like, that's page four. And he's like, no, like, this is a 22-page book or 24-page book. And I'm like, it's an eight-page book, sir. And he's like, no. <laughs> Literally starts counting it right there on the spot. And he's like, this is only eight pages. And I just look at Ren, I'm like, I told you. I told you. <laughs> and then no, I mean, like, he's never lived it down. He's hated me since. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, you, you got to know how to make the comics the way that you want to make them. Um, dropping, dropping knowledge and causing comics trouble. Boom, that's, that's what I do. That's my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if anyone has actually, like, read this book, one of the big things that has come out over the last few years, though, is the similarity that the Marvel Netflix Luke Cage has to my book. Wow. Literally, the first mm. three episodes of season one could almost be a breakdown of my series verbatim. And the, the have, first six, six episodes of Luke Cage on TV were straight fire, so... Okay, so here's, here's my breakdown. The first three, absolutely. The first six, solid. After that, kill it. Kill it with yeah, fire. Nuke yeah. 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 Trash. Yeah. As soon as Mah Mahershala Ali was not on, the, on screen, I was like, I'm not yeah. that interested. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. You can't, you can't replace someone who's so charismatic and so much fun to watch on screen with just some guy who's- 100%. He was just terrible. Like the show went right in the shitter after that. I, I was like, I'm not even interested. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even right. bother with the second season. I didn't, I just. The second season was a lot better, but, but 
it had a lot to live up to. What I was actually aiming for or hoping for was that Theo Rossi's character, Shades, was actually going to be revealed as Diamondback, but that didn't happen. And I was like, whack. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what I actually have a friend uh, in the biz that was like, look, I can't tell you that they used your stuff, but they used your stuff. And I was what? like, okay. Oh, yeah. wow. They, they, yeah, he definitely said. So what I say, and this is, this is okay, so this is my philosophy. Um, I'm the guy that says no one idea is, is going to make or break me. I have okay. tons of ideas all the time. So I'm not going to chase you if you take something of mine. I'm not going to chase you. I'm just going to make something else. And ideally speaking, you're always going to be a step behind me because you're never going to be me making something. So with that mentality, what I say is, uh, like Luke Cage is a multi-million dollar commercial for my series, The Samaritan, and I didn't have to pay for it. Because just as quickly, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I go to a show and I'm trying to pitch this, I ask right away, did you, did you see the Marvel Netflix Luke Cage? And if I get a, oh, yeah, I did. Did you like it? Oh, man. Here, read this book. Very similar. People will typically pick it up off the strength of that. Now, but are you, now are you afraid that people are picking up your book because of its similarities to Luke Cage, or you just don't care because you're getting their stuff in your hand? That's it right there. That's I don't the care. One for you. Yeah, you don't yeah. care. All right. No, because- no, no. I don't need to be the first. I don't even need to be the best. I just need to be a part of the conversation. Okay. You know, like that's 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 how I get down. If I'm a part of the conversation, then I'm winning because I'm making inroads where I need to. And that's the that's the biggest part for me is, you know, I need to make the inroads so that people know more about, you know, what I'm doing, who I am, and that stuff. And so long as I'm a part of that conversation, that's a win for me. You know? There you go. You yeah. Know, I put it up there with like uh if we were to have a standoff right now and I say, what's your favorite, you know, Batman story? We might have three different options, but I don't think any of us could say that your option sucked. You know, we just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a good one. It's not my favorite. It's not the one that does it for me, but you're right. That's a great one. That's a great one. All right. So what is your, what is your favorite Batman story then? Oh, Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight. All right. All right. What about you, Kevin? Um, ooh, it's either a long Halloween or oh, Hush, man. but I like a long Halloween a little bit better than Hush, so I'll go with long Halloween. I like long I'm so glad you said it because I would have been like, Hush is trash. I like, <laughs> I like long, I like long Halloween too. I like long Halloween. Why did you like Hush? Um, I just dug the way that they used, uh, found a way to get so many characters in there. Like, as a comic book writer myself, I was like, that's really innovative how they did all this, and the ending of Hush, where mm-hmm. you, where they. Like no spoilers here, so if you've never read it, go read it and then come back. But uh, it's it's the Riddler, and you're like, well, what a, I mean, he's like, not not the greatest Batman villain. So you're like, yeah, whatever, you know. And then when you get to the end of Hush, you're like, oh, but he is. Oh, but he is dangerous. Uh, oh, oh, but he is. He is, he is pretty dangerous. dope. Yeah. And yeah, and, yeah. and 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 Batman says it right there. Like the the whole thing is, you won't tell anybody, even though you found out, because you like knowing more than everybody right. else. So that's, that's great. Right. Like that's great right there so like smooth like oh so you know and you're like did you just batman your your own secret identity that's yeah he did yeah so i mean that's why i like it they found a neat way to fit all that stuff in there i was like how there's no way you're gonna fit it because like the the advertisement that someone told they fit every batman villain ever in here i was like there's no way you can't do that like there's no you don't have enough time and they did it they do (laughs) so i was impressed with that um all right, so, all right okay so we're still okay so keep going how many books you got left in your pot i got i got one more series 30 right, let's do that more. <laughs> that big blue box special. behind me <laughs> this one is old crazy and the 40 ounces of death okay um so this is my love letter to quentin tarantino sam jackson movies 
and it's inspired by Black Snake Moan and this very like little gem of a movie from 1987 <laughs> called Leonard Part Six. Have the you Bill heard Cosby of Leonard film? Yes, I've heard of Leonard Part Six. The Bill My Cosby. God, yes. only you, bro, bromancing right here. Uh, <laughs> the way the way that it's inspired is when we did this series, we literally did book four or four, um, and that was it. I wanted to do an experiment to see if you could come in at the end of a comic and read, you know, like a little preemptive, you know, previously on sort of scenario, and then just keep going. Um, I think we've gotten kind of lazy by having comic shops where we can get books in succession. And, you know, the way comic readership used to be was if it was at a newsstand, you got lucky if you yes. got the next issue. If you found uh, anything in sequence, you were yes. very, very lucky. Yes. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just picked up a book and just went. And mm -hmm. I'm like, let's go back to that. There was more people reading at the time. It wasn't about, you know, continuity per se at the time. Like, it was just good, fun stories. And it added to the collector's market. Like, it was all kinds of great things for comics when we weren't so hellbent that you got to start with issue one. And that's the only way that you can enjoy a series. So um, we did that. Uh, I did it with uh, Brian Moss, uh, another local guy here to Columbus. And uh, it was fantastic. Like, so much fun with this book. It's been amazing. And I'm a little bit of an asshole. So I actually put fake covers for books one through three with a synopsis of That's what fun. happened. <laughs> and I made the promise that if anyone said that they had the whole series online, I would co-sign it. I would say, yeah, they absolutely got it. And if someone was like, oh, I want to buy it from you, like, oh, I'm out. Like, I sold out. I got book four, <laughs> four right now, but I'm all sold out of one, two, and three. So, you know, I'm sorry. You gotta wait for the trade. Um, yeah, you gotta wait for the trade. You gotta wait for you gotta wait for it. So we did that one again as a one shot, but just this year I put it together in a trade paperback. So I got an interview with Moss, uh, the script, a couple of uh, sketches and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm that guy. I kind of want to, you know, play with things. Like I said, I disrupt stuff a lot. Like that's what I like to do. So I did what I call the two hood to be true editions, where I took <laughs> books one, two, and three and made trade paperbacks of them, right? So we got nice, you know, perfect binding. The only thing is, is I took a nod from, um, there's a book that came out, uh, I think late 80s, early 90s, called The the Wisdom of Lobo. Have you ever heard of this one? <laughs> no, no, but it sounds awesome. That like trade paperback, and we're talking DC Comics Lobo. And the brilliance of it is when you open it, it's empty. Like the, it's just blank pages because ain't shit wise about Lobo. Like that dude nuts. <laughs> So that's literally what I did. This is a blank book. And what I do is on the front page or first page, I say, this is your opportunity to tell your version of books one, two, and three. I'm telling you where it ends. You get us there. So we're doing this as a collaboration. That's some magic beans life. bullshit right there. If I've ever heard. I'm, I'm calling you out like a bit. Now, fuck that. That is some magic beans bullshit. I swear to God. Listen, you Bobby would be mad with the blank books. That's why he's saying that. <laughs> all that shit, dude. He would be like, he'd be like, oh, I bought this. One person, one person, a uh, sweet young lady named Brandy. She's been giving me hell about it since I debuted these at C2E2. But I'm like, look, Drake once said on one of his songs, my buzz is so big, I could probably sell a blank disc. This is my version of that. I have sold. I have two problems with that, sir, is that you're selling blank books and you're quoting and you're Drake. Drake. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> skin. We got what we got, okay? Drake is garbage, son. Drake is garbage, son. Can't get down with that shit. Sometimes it's just about the money. Sometimes it's just about the oh, money. Oh, man. Now, how, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question, Victor. How much you sell that blank book for? So I won't sell them without, like, the whole set. And the whole set is for 20 
So you get all four books for 20 minutes. Look at him, man. He does have the magic beans. He's, he, you he's got a beanstalk. son of a bitch. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Listen, when you create the experience and somebody else gets to add on to it, free, like they just jump in. I, I actually, this is no joke. I, I met a writer and she was like, I was pitching to her because she was like, yeah, I'm a writer, blah, blah, blah. Her husband buys the set and she's like, oh, I'm going to have fun with it. He's like, oh, you wanted one? These were mine. And like, they almost started like arguing <laughs> for who this was going to belong to and who was going to get to write this story. And I was just like, this is the greatest thing in the world right wow. now. Wow. You might so, tell you what, you must do a lot of one day shows, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you almost broke up my marriage. I'm out here. <laughs> I but I tell him, I tell him up front that this is, it's a, it's a whole thing where you have to write the story. I give you an outline, but it's up to you to actually make it happen. Now I'm going to buy them just to fuck with Victor and I'm going to go to cause Victor trouble because this would be fun. I'm going to go and get artists that he would want to draw this stuff <laughs> to draw a page on each one of them and Do then it. commission them to draw a page on each I'm like, yes. okay, this is page Kevin, one, panel one. Realize yeah. how much money that would cost you to it fill it in. Yeah, come it on, man. It's, it's the point. binge. It's about the story. And, and, and then know, when I get it back to him, he'd be like, he'd be like oh my God. Listen, get to draw this. That is, is, some, is this, is this inconvenient? <laughs> it is, because I will tell you this. That's exactly what I was going to say, too. <laughs> it is. Say Bill's work. You got Bill on this book? <laughs> it, is, it is hard enough. It is hard enough to sell books at comic shows in bumfuck towns in the middle of nowhere and i gotta i gotta go to a town that you've been to this one son of a bitch sold me an empty book <laughs> he's out here hustling selling blank books what the hell <laughs> giving us a bad name <laughs> he drink before he left yeah <laughs> he's, i don't think uh, it was i think he did it on purpose you son of a bitch he got me he i got mean me. hey man if you can sell that shit if you're out selling other cats at cons though with an empty book that's a bad feeling jack <laughs> listen, listen. that means that they're not doing their job as salesmen okay no i mean but you'd be surprised how many people don't do their job at yeah, shows at yeah, sales as salesmen i mean you know true. i mean that's part of it too that's part of the experience kevin and i have always kind of discussed like you are a writer you're a marketer you're a fucking carnival barker like yep. this is your job you have to bring eyes to your project because you sitting at a table looking at your phone ain't gonna get it done no, no. You got to be hustling. That, that deserves yep. the the pain of of uh, stacks of books coming home with them. That's yes. that's what you get. Yes, I was at a show. I was at Baltimore Comic Con many moons ago. This was before I was even writing books. I just went as a fan, and there was a guy selling. Apparently, Public Enemy had a comic at the time. Oh like yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There, there was a Public Enemy comic. I can't tell you who wrote it. I can't tell you who drew it. But um, there was a dude sitting at a table, and I am the biggest fucking Public Enemy fan. And right. I walked over to the table, and I was like, oh, what is this? And he was like, oh, it's Public Enemy Superheroes. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Like, what, what is this about? He was like, it's Public Enemy Superheroes. And then just went back to what he was doing. I was like, all right, well, I'll see you later. Like, I was ready to oh buy God. everything at your table, man. All you had to do was fake it. Just fucking right. fake it, you know? And he, he could have been excited for a second. Yeah, just give right. me that. And I was like, all right, cool. And that was it. Never mind. Engagement, you know? man. Yeah, that's, dude. That's the thing. Uh, what I do is, like, I, since I've been doing cons for as long as I have, um, it's it's that's the thing that I try to teach newcomers. I'm like, the thing that you want to do when you're behind the table is not even necessarily sell a book, it's to create an experience. So if you can create an experience for a customer, 
whether they buy something from you or not, they're always going to remember you. Yes. And that's like hugely important. We, we're in the age, and I don't say this with any sort of malice because my mindset is it doesn't matter who is in the room. My job is to make my money. Um, so I don't care if I'm next to Neil Adams. I don't care if I'm next to Jeff Darrow, which I've done before. Um, I'm going to make my money and they're on their own to do what they're going to do. Um, but even those guys with the big print walls, we as writers, we have to sell ourselves first. Yes. You know, we don't have the, the benefit or the luxury of necessarily being attached to a mainstream character that, you know, you know, quick recognition on site. Um, and that's one of the things that like I talked to my artist buddies about, and I'm like, it's cool that you, that you sell these prints and it's cool that you made this money, but how many of those people are buying it because it's yours yes. versus mm -hmm. the fact that it's just this other character that they like? I love like, Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. They like your version right there. That's cool, but they don't care that it's you. Yes. They just like that one. Yes. Once they get it home, do they tell people like, yo, this guy Ren did this thing or yo, my guy Mike did this. Like if they're not saying that, then it doesn't matter. Yes. Mm -hmm. So for, for us as writers, we create an experience. We want you to walk away knowing who we are uh, because in, in my mindset, the way that everything works in terms of us being a salesperson, I'm going I'm to shoot some gold to, to some listeners here. Uh, we have to sell things twice. The first time is when we get somebody to put down cash money. The second time is when we actually convince them that they should spend the time to actually read it. Yes. Because that's the thing. Like them buying it is cool. Them reading it is infinitely better because yes. that's how they'll come back to us. Yes. That's how they'll spread our word. That's how or they'll talk, talk about it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We were at, when we were at Heroes this year, uh, we sold to a guy who the next day came back with his wife and he was like, these are the guys that I was telling you about. And that's the feel like, yes. that's what you do it for. Like that guy will be a fan of your exactly. shit forever. And his wife was like, Oh, he was so excited about this book. Like he read it to me. Like we read it together. It was fucking great. And I want my own Love copy. It. And it's like, that's it. That's what you're doing here. That's the relationship you're trying to build. And Kevin and I have always kind of been of the ilk of that. You're making friends for the weekend. Yes. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if they buy it or not. No, we're like, right. our if, silly selves. If, and if they if, buy it, that's great. If people come over to the table, I will ask them questions about things that they have already purchased. Like, oh, who did that? Well, that's a cool commission. Tell me about this. Oh, let me see that. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, you like, and like, right. you just build these relationships. And eventually somebody will just go, oh, here's five bucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll buy something <laughs> from you. And then they, you I gotta, make, I gotta go to the bathroom. Here's five bucks. So let me, no, yeah, no, no, but you're right though. You're, you're building relationships. Like yes. you're making friendships for the weekend and you'd be surprised how many people come back to it. I'm sure you wouldn't, but as a creator, you'd be surprised how many people come back just to be like, Hey, check out, look what I got here. And this is pretty cool. I'll check out this but cool man I get that a lot man yeah it's amazing you know yeah like people who are just at shows it's, it's the to, thing to do yeah if you're at a show just to sell books you're you're missing out like you need to play it's, that long yes. game you know it's the whole making the connection like you said about the spinner rack earlier i'm going to bring it back to that because that's my my childhood and right. and power man and iron fist is still one of my favorite things to this day um because nostalgia is good nostalgia but i still love um, Power Man and Iron Fist. To Absolutely. This day. They were the best buddy cop thing that you read before, you know, you saw Lethal Weapon when you were 12 yes. or 13. So you, you read you read this and you're like, dude, I love these two dudes. Like, I, lo I love their relationship. I love the fact that they, they get along. One dude's a hothead. One dude's like kind of more zen and calm. Um, 
they're they're from different parts of the world, but they're trying to see each other's points of view. It's a very interesting right. way to do a comic book, and and you didn't and I didn't get issue to issue because you're not going to get that at the newsstand. Exactly. So whatever whatever they had, it was Spider Man first. If there's no Spider Man, then you go for the Hulk. If there's no Hulk, then you go for the Power Man, Iron Fist. And you know, around around twelve or thirteen, I was going for the Savage Sword of Conan because it was almost boobs, and my parents <laughs> thought it was still a comic. So. I mean, you got to you got to spit with the honesty. So, like, uh, I was like, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's That's almost funny. boobs in this, and my parents have no idea. It's still just a comic book. I'm there. Yeah, I'm getting the Savage Sword of Conan back thighs <laughs> joint because I'm 12, and that's so. Then let's um let's 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 I don't want to say wrap this up because I don't want to keep you too long because it's been almost an hour. But um, yeah. so what is your eventual goal here, Victor? Like, what what are you looking to do? Like. So right now I'm in the midst of writing out what I call uh, VIP phase two. Uh, Vantage in House Productions it has the, this first phase. So these five titles, that's the first phase of books that we put out to kind of establish, you know, me as a creative, uh, some of my friends as, as, as uh, you know, storytellers. And so now I want to advance myself and tell more complex stories, um, bigger, you know, connections, um, and actually show that the VIP universe is actually all connected. Um, Different characters will appear in different places. All of these books take place over a long timeline. And, you know, there's references throughout all of it that will point to the fact that this is all, you know, one shared multiverse. And um, that's, that's literally where we're at. So over the next two years, I've got six titles that I'll be launching wow. uh, with a number of nice. creators. Um, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, obviously cost is, is a thing, um, but I've been able to manage you know how to budget you know certain things what i offer to people um and, and i always find like thoughtful collaborators you just being skilled with the pencil and, and your storytelling is one thing but I, I need you to have a bigger vision uh for yourself and your business than just oh i'm gonna draw this book right now yes um, you know, if you yeah if you got a bigger vision uh you know i'm i'm of the mindset that Again, looking at Mark as my mentor, he took Miller World and he sold it to Netflix for a nice chunk of change. If content is the thing that people are looking for and they want to be able to mine whatever they can from things, um, why not look at Vantage In-House as a source for that? And if I have this range of things from all ages, teen, young adult to mature, I got something to offer some you know, production company on every level that they could want. So even if it's not, you know, Miller World checks, but something similar, let me get a diet Miller World check. I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's, let me, let me get, you know, enough that I can fund what my next venture is going to be. Then that's, that's what I want, you know. Um, now, do, do you have any plans on crowdfunding any of this stuff? Because that is a yes. good, that is a good way to kind of keep the ball rolling. Absolutely. In fact, um, I'm so glad you said that. So in September. You're welcome. Uh, I know, like, you, Bobby, um, in September, I'm going to launch a, a, a campaign probably through Indiegogo uh, for The Trouble With Love. And the reason why I'm going for Indiegogo is because The Trouble With Love already exists. Um, it really does. And I'm really trying to use it as a marketing platform to reintroduce it to people as I'm working on the rest of Never Too Late. So I'm going to take Never Too Late and bring that to Kickstarter. Okay. But Yoga one is as kind of a refresher marketing ploy um, for that title. So okay. most people that aren't familiar with it, they get a chance to jump in. Um, and then really the funds that are raised for that go towards the production of Never Too Late. And okay. since Never Too yes. Late number one is already yeah. done, 
when I launched the Kickstarter for Never Too Late Number One, it's really producing number two. Yes, yes, that's and that's the kind of Kickstarter model I think that works very well. You pay you pay for your first book out of pocket, and then you can try to go to crowdfunding to try to keep the the momentum moving. So you're always you're always one ahead. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Those are the things that I've learned, um, you know, watching guys like you and, and shit. You know, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> you guys hustle hard. And, and it's seriously like looking at things like that, that I'm like, okay, this is the way I need to, to run my model for this stuff. Um, I'm even going as far as like, there's a lot of local businesses here in Columbus and I'm, I'm hitting them up and saying, okay, I'm, I'm looking for sponsorship for an issue. Uh, you know, Keep it within, you know, low three figures or, or no, high three figures or low four figures buys you an issue and you get marketed in all these different places that I'm going. Uh, you know, I've got a, you know, a contour that takes me across the country. I've got different people here, different things here. So if you buy in on this, that'll help pay for the production of these books. And, you know, I'm vertically integrated into uh, page by page copies and finishing, which is a local uh, print on demand uh, site. Uh, based uh, predominantly off of Facebook. So if you guys go to page by page copies and finishing on Facebook, um, you can actually see some phenomenal, very, very nice pricing uh, for, for book production. Um, no cool. minimums. So it's, it's good stuff. And I help build that platform. And so obviously, you know, I've, I've connected in with the printer and, you know, I'll even go over to, you know, his, his spot and I'll help run my books, you know, <laughs> so I can learn more of the process. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Like, I'm, like I, I know now how to, how to print books. You know, I know how to cut them. I know how to fold them. I know the machines. So it's all about learning as much about the comic making process so that I can either help other people do it. Or if I move into the big leagues and somebody's like, well, you know, it costs this, this, and this. And I'm like, no, it really doesn't. And let me tell you why. I mean, um, it's not the worst, it's not the worst attitude to have about everything. Right. You know? It's a great way to learn, to learn your craft too. Exactly. Exactly. So. Because again, when you're self-publishing at any level, you right. are, you are doing everything. Like I've joked around with my wife about how I could, tr- I could probably put on a resume for like, uh, a creative director position for all yeah. the things that you have to do as an indie comic creator because you are the great you're hiring people you're firing yep. people you're paying people yep. you're making sure projects come in on time you're making sure projects come in on budget you know it's like right. the amount of work that is on someone self-publishing comics is fucking bonkers it's crazy it's crazy yes. you know I, I was just talking to a young creator who he does, he does writing and drawing. And he's like, well, if I want to move into the mainstream and I don't think my art is there yet, how would I do it? And I was like, you really want the secret sauce? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, and this is something I've never even done, but based on being an indie creator and all the things that we got to do, go in as a letterer. And he's like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, go in as a letterer. And he's like, well, do they make a lot of money? No, but you get like firsthand contact with editors you get to talk to high-end writers yep. and you do a couple of books, you make your, your name, you slide a script somewhere. Maybe they read it, you know, because you've shown, you know, you showed yeah. approval on this thing and that thing. Come on, find ways to get in there. Dude, Ed Brisson was a letter, a letterer. That's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he's a super so, nice guy. too. Yeah. So that's I get interesting. I him in Minneapolis. I can't wait. Now, now we haven't even talked about your reviewing yet, but you're also now doing, um, well, this could be like a fucking three-part episode with you. You're also you're <laughs> also go, going. Just keep going. You're also doing like uh, I. You're working with uh, GalaxyCon, right? Yes. Like you're, you're doing something. What are you doing for them now? 
So I just got hired uh, as essentially their artist alley coordinating consultant. So uh, listen to that. Yes, I know, right? Like mm, that's a title oh, right fancy. there. Yes, fancy. Um, it's you actually sold them the magic beans too. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> I said you sold them the magic beans too. You gave you know them the comics, and they were like, "Hey, you're in." I got okay. beans for everybody. I got all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Pinto. That's me. I'm beaning it up. No, um, I, I've been very fortunate over the years to uh, have built a great relationship with a lot of creators and also being able to speak Comic Con. Um, I, I honed a lot of those skills with Wizard World, I'll be honest. Um, and it would have been a shame to let all that stuff go to waste not being associated with a comic con and what i love about galaxy is they are really kind of building a pre um and they graciously were willing to, to bring me on board and um it's been fun man it's been uh two weeks and i'm, I'm learning a lot seeing how they do things uh, they see how i do things and uh, i think it's like a, a really nice match like it's it's a lot of fun um and it's kind of a fun thing because like i came in to galaxy con when they were still SuperCon um as a moderator like I do, I host panels and, and celebrity moderate and things like that. Um, and that's been like its own separate fun, uh, building an audience through that. And that's, you know, its own kind of weird thing where if you're famous adjacent, if you're on stage with somebody that's famous and somebody thinks like, oh, you must be famous too. Yes. And you build fans from that. Yes. It's cool, but it's not necessarily the same thing as people like really knowing who I am. Yes. You know, or wanting to follow my books, you know. Hey, you're, you're that like, guy who sat books. next to Neil Adams. <laughs> right. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. I, I get, you know, yeah. like having a, like a, the, the very first one that I ever did was with Sebastian Stan. And so, you know, you start off with like a really high bar and it's nerve wracking. But at the same time, I recognize like there's a lot of people that like me because of that. Yes. They don't really know me. So right. I'd rather, you know, a lot of people get a chance to know me. Um, and a few, you know, fans and friends have, which is great. But all of those things kind of led into me working at GalaxyCon and then showcasing some of the other things that I could do. And, you know, they offered this and it's been, it's been awesome, man. It's been awesome. Yeah. That's great. That's wonderful. And so, and so you also do what we're doing. Like you, you are, you do something on YouTube. So yes. tell us about that. So black, white and red all over is a comic review series uh, that was started by Ryan Seymour out of comic town, which is uh, one of the best shops in the city. If not the best shop in the city, I'll fight you. Um, oh, see word. I've never been. I've only been to the oh, other one. I've only been to the other one. You got it. You got to come to comic town, man. And I'm gonna tell you why, like literally comic town is set up. Uh, it's in the far North side and it's got like the coolest setup for all geeky things. If you think about it, like they've got a 7,000 square foot storefront uh caters like heavily to to magic and tabletop gaming but then like right next door is like a, a laser tag facility okay like, like multiple setups you got the office space the house you know intruded like so they have like this whole geeky space of comicdom gaming and laser tag goodness and it, it's it's perfect okay because i've only i've only been to the one on high street that's the only one i've ever oh, been to yeah, I love Laughing Ogre. That's I love that's, Laughing Ogre. It's a great shop. Classic spot. Uh, shout out to Gib. Um, you know that's 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 one of the the you know cornerstones of the comic market in Columbus. Like absolutely. So yeah, and and right behind it is that gaming store too. Yes, that yes. gaming store is fucking intense. That's how we do it, man. We yes. put the geeks together. Yes. <laughs> I can, I, the, what's the name of the gaming store? The the Armory. Uh, it's the Armory, isn't it? Yes, Something yes, like that. Yes. Yeah, dude, this place is. The I, you just walk in and it's like two stories just full of shit. It's really? amazing. 
absolutely it's two great. stories of D and D shit. Yes, it's oh, it's crazy. it's bonkers. It's really and then, like just up the street is like a straight up gaming bar, where it's like tabletop stuff like Jenga, uh, Connect Four. Like oh, that's cool. That's of that stuff. Yeah, just like a couple like doors down. That's it's, cool. It's, yeah, we we geek hard in Columbus. Like, we had one. We have one of those in Cincinnati uh, called the Rook. Ooh, it's it's nice. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a gaming bar. It's it's a it's a good time, man. It's nice. But anyway, let's. Why are we talking about them? Let's talk about you and your I'm, I'm your, sorry, you're right, your you're review right. site. <laughs> <laughs> Black and white, red all over. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Black, white, red. Uh, we we have like a lot of fun. We film it on Tuesday nights, um, right before new books come out, and we are taking new releases and reading them over and trying to give uh, a spoiler free review as we possibly can to entice people to check out books you know um whether that they're titles that you actively follow um and we try to bounce around between you know marvel and dc stuff image stuff um uh, aftershock uh wave blue world when we get some more of those books coming i got the preview at san diego which was fantastic and uh really like doing the show is how i found out about you guys and metal shark bro so it it's it's opened me up to uh weight you know more reaches of the industry than you know i necessarily could afford being a you know father of five and you know living in columbus so, father of five yeah man yeah what are you I got doing kiddos what do you, listen, do you have listen, a farm I'm out here <laughs> I, yeah, basically like i'm basically trying to build a, a team to run all my production from my college <laughs> they're just not old enough yet but when they are and stuff he's, he's exactly exactly so, you know i'm trying to i see what joe cooper did and i was like i can do that i can beat that he only had two sons. Let's go higher. Let's go forward. Come on. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. I was, I was married. Uh, I had two sons with my ex-wife and I have two daughters and my lady, my fiance now has a son. from three No, 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 no. I'm not questioning how you acquired these children. No, my question is, will. Be like, you wait, are not five kids. Five kids is fucking crazy. Like five we have kids. two, we have two and that's far too many sometimes. <laughs> like that. Well, the, my youngest, she'll be two in just a couple of days, and she's my Aww, boss now. So okay, she's, all right, that's fun. That's she's, fun. Yeah, she's the one. But, like, the oldest is 16, so, Jesus, you know, okay. Yeah, you talk about messing it up. We almost are clearing out the house, and we're like, let's get one more. Like, <laughs> what we think? Um, it's, it's, what, what can I say? Uh, but, no, like, it's it's been such a great experience to, you know, talk about work and and see what's happening in the industry um as a writer like that is a godsend because i'm seeing you know new ideas fresh takes on things ways that people are approaching storytelling um like lit okay so funny funny and again i'll be nice and not name names but i just fired an artist because he couldn't quite understand the uh order of storytelling that i was trying to go for in the opening of a book and what i was going for was like a nine panel grid to kind of keep a very slow methodical pace in that first page and then open it up to this awesome two page spread. And I kid you not, Jim Kruger's new book, um, shoot, I just lost it from my head. Uh, but the most recent issue opens up just like that. And okay. it was so crazy because I'm like, I was validated in everything that I was thinking because here is a legend, an absolute legend in the game who did this in terms of story. And it hits all the storytelling beats that I was aiming for that this other guy couldn't do. And even though he was a very talented illustrator, lots of energy, sometimes, you know, doing the most dynamic drawing is not the right piece for the story. Let's yes. tell the story yes. right, not just draw pretty pictures. And, you know, it's things like that that makes doing black, white, and red all over so fruitful for me because I get to keep growing as a creative. I get to see things and stay inspired week after week after week, reading books that I love, 
reading books that I didn't love and, and being like, you know what? I can write better than that. Yes. And then yes. now I got to live up to that statement. You know, mm -hmm. can I actually write better than that? Let's put something on the page. Let's show that we can do this. So it's, it's absolutely fun. It's a lot. It's, a, it's, it's, it's great. Like I, I really love it. That's awesome. I can't imagine not doing it. And if I wanted to see this, uh, this review site, like just give me the website address, your Twitter handle for that and all that other shit too. Go so. to uh, youtube.com and the channel is uh, comictown.tv. Okay. And uh, check them out. Um, like I said, every Tuesday we're filming episode drops Wednesday to stay in line with diamonds rules. So we don't get in trouble for revealing anything, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's great. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at manage in house. Uh, all one word, B-A-N-T-A-G-E-I-N-H-O-U-S-E, because uh, I'm all about that branding. On and then I can, and then I can get all of your books on Comixology. Yes, like you're all over Comixology. No. So you can get a lot of my books on Comixology. I okay. didn't put the Samaritan up there only because the way that the panel structure works, I think it would be too hard for them to actually integrate with the way that they do panels all right um but what about that always, blank, what about that blank page one can i get that one up on comments yeah, you can definitely get that one on there man the, the panel <laughs> structure on that one is crazy it's crazy uh but no you can you can actually go through advantageinhouse.com and through our our store you can actually buy copies and we'll we'll mail them to you so we'll sign them up mail them out to you um and it's good stuff perfect Absolutely. Victor, yeah, it was it was wonderful having you on. We'll have to have you again because I would like dang. to talk to I would like to talk to you more too about the reviewing side of it because we didn't get to really yes. do a lot of that because you know I imagine sometimes you have awkward moments in your oh. in your career based on some. Like but let's but, not believe. But let's do that another <laughs> time. We can have you back on again when you have something coming out. Then we can do all that jazz too. It's September. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be back in September. That's cool with me. That's wonderful. Let's do it. Uh, con organizer, uh, writer, extraordinaire, reviewer, overall good guy, and a guy he'll sell you blank pages of a fucking comic. Yeah, I will. Victor, Victor <laughs> everybody needs something to draw on. Exactly. Victor, every, Victor Dangers, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was Victor Dandridge. Does he go by Victor Dandridge Jr. or can we just? I believe he does. Does go with the whole thing. I think he likes the like three name thing. You okay. Know, he, mentioned, he mentioned that. So. Okay, so that's Victor Dandridge Jr. Good guy. Um, you can see him all over the place. His books are on Comicsology. Go to his website. Um, I wish I had it on me. Let me Google him again real quick here. Mm -hmm. You can find him at Twitter at Vantage In House. Production. There it is. That's what I was going for. Vantage in-house productions. Good guy, good hustle. I like Victor. He's a cool dude. Uh, I'm glad we had him on the show. And uh, we, we have to have him back. I would love to have him back just to talk because he's a publisher. He's a writer. He's also a reviewer. So I would and like to talk to him about that as well. So Content creator, baby. Yes, That's content creator. Content creator, just like you. Just create, like you. Creating that content. Creating yeah. that content. Yeah. All, the, all the finest content in the world today. But yeah, man, so that was a really long episode. So uh, we're going to make the intro, the intro and outro quick. So thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Later. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com. <laughs>